Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Candy and Carlin here, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. But instead, today you get a dose of the Cornette. Shay Cornette and Jordan Cornette here hanging out with you. And talking about all things pertaining to the NBA, NFL, hockey, golf. We're getting into it all today. Uh, I heard a lot just now from Canty, the disrespect to Jason Tatum. But I also heard Carlin mention poor sleep patterns. So that is something we know very well in this house. Yeah, I'm working on it. You try You try to hit me with that melatonin. I try. I, I, I straight down. up feed it to you. I'm like, take this because he's that, a terrible sleeper. Is that drugging your husband? No, like? I'm trying to help you I mean, so that, that you get be, good rest. That should be frowned upon by the masses. No, I'm like, trying to help you. Damn, this you're... woman is drug- actively drugging her husband <laughs> on a daily basis. I'm just trying to get you adequate sleep. I mean, What's he's that movie up... with Kathy Bates and uh, I don't, James Caan when he's the writer? And uh, she... don't do that. Misery. Yeah, it's like yeah. misery. I was like, if you're quizzing you're me, yeah, if you're quizzing me on movies, this is gonna be a long day. And quite frankly, Dan Graziano doesn't have time for that. I know. Thank you, Matt Lack. Uh, Speaking of Dan Graziano, guess who joins us? Jordan's golf buddy. Graz, hi, our ESPN NFL insider. More importantly, how are you? Um, I'm sorry you guys aren't on the links today, but I I hear. I got denied for Monday, too, but for good reason. Family man. Big family day for him. Yeah, big family week next week. High school graduation and all that. Big, Big week. Fair enough. I'm sure you two will find another time to get that in. <laughs> um, all right. Let we On a more serious note, earlier today we were talking a lot about Deshaun Watson, Graz, and obviously we heard from him yesterday. And the tone of a new franchise quarterback, very different in Cleveland for a lot of reasons. But we don't have an answer from the NFL yet on what his season is going to look like. We do know Baker Mayfield is still on this roster. I'm asking you to look into your crystal ball. What does the quarterback position for the Cleveland Browns look like this upcoming season? Well, I think their plan is Deshaun Watson, and to the extent that he is suspended or otherwise unable to play, uh, it'll be Jacoby Brissett. I I think the Baker Mayfield relationship is uh, done, and I don't think he plays for them again. I think that would be a shocking turn of events. Uh, And, and, you know, in terms of how much time Watson's going to miss, I just don't think anybody has any idea. The league is taking its time with this for a number of good reasons. And uh, it, it's entirely possible that it, it lingers throughout the rest of the offseason and it, it may be even into the season. So uh, as of now, the Browns are proceeding with Watson as their starter until and unless they're told differently. So, Graz, I'm just going to push back on the Baker Mayfield thing really quick because, again, we were yeah. talking about this earlier. And so why wouldn't it be a Baker's benefit to go out if he's given the opportunity and Deshaun is suspended and can't play, to go out and ball out and perhaps, you know, make his name be in a better light amongst NFL executives than it is right now? Well, it might, but it doesn't sound like that's his plan or Cleveland's plan. So they've been working on trying to trade him. They've had conversations with other teams about – the money, right? He's got almost $19 million fully guaranteed coming this year, uh, whether he's on their team or not. And they would like interested teams to pay a pretty good chunk of that. And so far, no one has agreed to pay the percentage of that that they want them to. So it's a standstill. Uh, look, if, if he was in their plans and if they were in his – if he thought he still had a chance to play for them or wanted to, he'd have been at minicamp, right? But it was a mutually agreed-upon excused absence. 
and that tells you that, that each side is done with the other. Dan, what do you make of what we heard from Deshaun Watson as he stood up there and spoke to reporters yesterday with Cleveland Browns attire on, Cleveland Browns backdrop, representing that organization with everything going on? Uh, oh, man. Uh, look, I mean, he's denied everything all along. He says he's innocent. That's why he says he doesn't want to settle the cases. Um, so it was consistent with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a tricky and difficult situation to discuss because uh, he does maintain his innocence. However, you want to be respectful, obviously, uh, to the women who were affected, uh, you know, and we can't assume – Obviously, that that they're not telling. I mean, you know, we 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 have to consider the likelihood that twenty four different women are not making something up here. So, uh, to the to the extent that I can assess what he said yesterday, I'll say he was consistent in his denials uh, with what he's been all along. I think there were some sort of fishy kind of wriggly kind of non-answers about, you know, asked directly about the New York Times report about, uh, you know, uh, reaching out to 66 different massage therapists in 17 months. He, he certainly would know that answer and, and he declined to give it. So there's obviously a lot that we still have yet to uncover. There's, there's a lot that we may never know, uh, but it's obviously a, a situation that has a long way to go before it's resolved. And I think you know, what he said and what he, the way he carried himself yesterday was probably, you know, the bare minimum of what you'd expect in that situation. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with everything you just said anymore, Graz. I guess uh, my greater question is, and, and this is pure ignorance coming from me, you can help me out here. Can the Browns prevent him from going out there? Like, he says he wants to clear his name. Any appearance from Deshaun Watson to me at this point, words coming from him, knowing that there is 20 20- – plus 24, 25, 26 now, women who have accused him of this. Anything he says bears no weight to me. So is there any way that the Browns can say, hey, just sit this out and let this play itself out, or is he obligated to be speaking? I don't know of anything that obligates him to speak. I know there are requirements uh, for during the season for coaches and, and quarterbacks to speak uh, periodically. So he's going to have to come out there at some point. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I didn't talk to anybody with the Browns yesterday in terms of you know what was discussed about him appearing in front of the media. My my guess, just with experience of, uh, on on these things, is you know the thought was, look, at some point he's going to have to address it. Let's do it day one, mm-hmm. and then we won't have to field requests for this and, and deny requests for this if he's willing to do it. I, I don't think the Browns could say to Deshaun Watson, "Hey, don't go out there and say anything." They might if they wanted to suggest that, but you know, he's a grown man and a professional sure. athlete. And if he wants to go uh, do interviews and, and do a press conference, he's, he's going to go do it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Dan Graziano right now, our ESPN NFL insider. And Dan, just to switch gears really quick, because this is kind of the next thing on the docket that we're going to be discussing today. And that's second year quarterback. So look, we're in mandatory mini camps right now. And, there's a lot of discussion I know about my uh, Chicago Bears that I root for, and, and Justin Fields essentially saying that he this offense is nowhere near ready. And in terms of second-year QBs next season, obviously he's lumped into that. Which one, I know Trey Lance has had a lot of people talking lately, which one are you most excited to see or do you think has the biggest upside this season? You're talking about of the second-year guys, the guys yeah. that were, yep. were picked in last year's draft? Correct. I mean, look, I, I, don't think, I don't think there's any player in the league 
that is more set up to benefit from a coaching change than Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. When you consider yep. the, the, the fiasco that last year was with Urban Meyer, and then you bring in a Super Bowl winning head coach with a background working with successfully working with different quarterbacks and, and, and coaching offense, I think Trevor Lawrence is poised to make a huge leap and show everybody why he's the number one pick. Hearing wonderful things about Mac Jones in New England and what the coaches and how his teammates feel about him there. Uh, you know, Justin Fields in a difficult situation. That, that, that's a rebuilding team under new management that didn't draft him. So he's going to have to overcome some stuff this year that I think, you know, he, he's not in a situation like, you know, Joe Burrow was in in his second year or, or uh, Justin Herbert has been in with the Chargers or even what the Jaguars have tried to put around Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, Justin Fields is going to have to show that he can overcome adversity early in his career. And if he has that inside of him, it, it could set him up very, very well for the future. But uh, yeah, I, I, Trevor Lawrence is my answer there just because of the, the, the coaching change. Yeah, and that's fair. And that's a situation where coaching change obviously is benefiting a quarterback more so than the situation in Chicago. Yeah, I, I just got to be honest, and I guess I'm, Shay's going to give me a look here, but I am floored that Chicago did so little to improve the things around Justin Fields, whether it be the offensive line, the skill positions. Dan, it's almost like you're looking at 2023 and just hope he gets through this season. Yeah, it, it can feel that way. And, and look, I think – the most important thing for you to do if you're running a team is to accurately assess who you are and what you have. Mm -hmm. And if the people that were hired to run the bears looked at the roster and said, we're not that close. We need to unload some big salaries, amass some draft picks, rebuild this thing. You know, by the time we're good again, Khalil Mack won't be a part of it, et cetera, et cetera. And if they're right, and if they made that assessment accurately, then it's to their long-term benefit and possibly to Justin Fields' long-term benefit. But I do think there's a chance that it looks pretty rough uh, in the short term. I mean, think about it. First-time head coach has never done the job before. First-time GM has never done the job before. First-time offensive coordinator who's never done the job before. It, I mean, they're, they're all learning on the job together. Um, we saw last year with the Jets, first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator, rookie quarterback. You know, it can, it, if you're all learning on the job together, uh, that can benefit you down the road as long as the learning uh, works, but it, it can look rough in the short term. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Dan, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, buddy. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, my pleasure. Take care. See you later. It's Dan Graziano, our ESPN NFL insider, and he makes some really good points. We're going to stay with that conversation, focus on some quarterbacks that are gearing up for a big sophomore season. We'll do it next. This is ESPN Radio and streaming on the ESPN app. I'm, not, I'm surprised you're not singing. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, I thought you asked who it was. I said, you already know. Uh, Come I on, did, Jordan. I, no, I did think it was New Edition, but I, you weren't singing or bopping, so I wasn't sure.
Jordan loves New Edition. I love New, love new Edition. More on that later. Uh, Canty and Carlin here. Shay Cornette, Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And NBA Finals return tomorrow night. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals starts tonight. We'll talk about more about that in just a little bit. But in the NFL, mandatory minicamps are going on right now. And so we're getting glimpses of the sophomore QBs, right, that are going to make their debut and have much higher expectations this year than they did their rookie season. Those guys would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Davis Mills. So, again, a lot to prove, obviously, this year because this was a draft class, Jay, that we were comparing to some of the absolute greats last season. And quite frankly – None of them really lived up to that kind of hype. I think Davis Mills exceeded some expectations, but Trevor Lawrence obviously was in a bit of a a wildfire there down in Florida. Um, Zach Wilson struggled. Trey Lance kind of struggled. And Justin Fields really struggled. And then Mac Jones obviously made it to the postseason, and they looked absolutely awful against the Buffalo Bills. And so what's going to happen this year? Well, we're going to we're going to see and we're going to find out but of those guys that i listed jay is there one that maybe you're looking at like this is the year we're going to see so and so take a giant leap from year 1 in whatever system it is it's got to be zach wilson if you're talking about the 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 space of the leap zach wilson really struggled last year it was a mess there he's a rookie he's thrown into the fire new first year head coach a defensive minded one in coach sala they went out and they decided that they were going to improve the receiving core around him. And when you go out and get a talent like Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, who, who has such a complete skill set, can do so many things, and you pair him with Moore and Davis, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, and oh, by the way, C.J. Uzama, who you know I loved with my Bengals last year, you go out and get him as a free agent. I think the weapons around him are going to be better. I love the draft pick and, and the complete back from Iowa State and Brees Hall. I think the skill positions are elevated there. That offensive line was pretty good last year. I wish they would have added more in the in the draft, honestly, on the offensive line. But the defense will be improved. This whole group will look better. I think the game slows down for Zach Wilson. And I think the Jets have a chance to be one of those teams that makes an incredible leap. So all it's kind of put in place for Zach Wilson to elevate, and I believe he's going to be the best of the second-year guys this season. Okay, and that's fair. And look, the Jets, as you mentioned, they had a really good draft. Obviously, you're building off uh, another year with the coaching staff and all these things you just mentioned, so that's fair enough. I just got to add really quick, Mekhi Becton has to stay healthy. Yeah, of course. That's such a big big. part of what they do is protecting that guy. Becton must be on the field on Sundays. Yeah, I agree with you on on that front. I want to move to my Chicago Bears. Not that I think Justin Fields is going to take the biggest leap. That's not what I'm saying. But I want to point out something that he said yesterday that made me, as a Bears fan and someone who used to cover this team, kind of turn my head. He was basically asked if he's ready, if this team looks ready. New OC, new head coach, new GM, new voices, new people around him. Um, And Fields was straight up. He was like, no, I'm not ready. This is the exact quote. And, again, this comes from Patrick Finley, one of our friends here that works at the Chicago Sun-Times. He said, "Uh, no, I'm not ready for the season to start. I'm the type of guy that would like to know I'm prepared. So right now, I'm just being honest, we're not ready to play a game right now. And when that time comes, we'll be ready. So right now, no, not ready to play a game. Now, this is obvious because we're in the month of June, right? I don't know if anyone's being honest unless they're Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or a guy who's been in the league for decades and decades would be ready to go out and play a game right this right this very minute. It's June. But for him to say that, a lot of us kind of take a step back and we're like, wow, that's brutal honesty. I appreciate it. And he's right. I am sure. 
But what does that say now about the Chicago Bears this upcoming season? Well, it says that they've got a lot of holes to fill. Quite frankly, I was shocked that they either didn't sign a free agent or go out through the draft and get some high-profile kind of offensive linemen. They didn't have a first-round pick, but they didn't address it in the earlier picks where they earlier rounds where they did have picks, and that was concerning to me because, to me, first and foremost, outside of Justin Fields learning a new offense and feeling comfortable in an offense is protecting him. To, to point out what happened to Joe Burrow, right, in year one, like, that is what you don't want to happen. So, yes, I know you're not ready this year to go sign a guy like DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel to add onto this roster because you're going to lose a lot of games. I'm fine with that. I don't care about the win and losses this year for the Chicago Bears. But I do care about keeping my franchise quarterback healthy and upright. And so, to me, for them not to truly, truly go all in and invest in this offensive line, which has been patchy through OTAs and now into mandatory minicamp, that's the biggest concern for me. Well, let's keep it all the way 100, though, and I'm a Bengals fan, as you well know, Shay, but some of you listening may not, who are used to hearing uh, Canty and Carlin here. I'm a diehard Bengals guy. Hailed from Cincinnati originally, lived a lot of places since. But it's not like the Bengals went in there in what was technically Joe Burrow's second season, but in reality his rookie year because he got hurt that rookie season because of the lack of offensive line. They didn't elect to, uh, to upgrade that offensive line last season for Joe Burrow. They went sure. ahead and got Jamar Chase when they could have made a move at offensive line up there with Panay Sewell. They didn't do that. Now, it worked for the Bengals to a degree. That relationship with Chase and Burrow and that offense and all those weapons was able to go all the way unexpectedly to the Super Bowl. But what kept them on that final play and all the plays in that Super Bowl from maybe winning it was a failed offensive line. So it was this offseason that the Bengals finally committed to that. Joe Burrow was somehow, magically, and it also speaks to why the Bengals had success last year, they were wholly healthy. And that is a big part of what gets you deep in the postseason. Can you stay healthy? But as we mentioned Joe Burrow, compared to what we heard from Justin Fields and the quote you just used, and Chris, I think we have the sound. You talk about Justin Fields and that quote you read, I, we got a long way to go still. Listen to a guy like Joe Burrow who now – we don't have this out, I'm being told. But Joe Burrow, in his second year, really, because he got hurt in that first year, that it's still kind of his second. He had the, se- he had the whole offense under his belt while he was hurt. He could study a playbook. and Okay, be- let's call this his first real offseason then as a pro sure. because he couldn't really do anything last year. What the sound we heard, which I thought we had, was Joe Burrow saying, I'm locked in. It's go time. We're ready to do this. Now, that just lays out very obviously what the Bears are doing coming into this season and what a team like the Bengals are doing coming to the season. And it's not it's very obvious. Bengals are a competitor. Bears are not by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, so it really sucks for you, Shay, that the bar for you guys this year is pray that Justin Fields stays healthy. Yeah. Because they did nothing for that offensive line. Just like I prayed for Joe Burrow last season to stay healthy. But luckily, we went and got skill position guys that propelled them to that run. The Bears, top skill guy. Is Darnell, Darnell Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, I know. He's maybe at best the two. Cole, and he hasn't Cole become Komet, that yet. And Cole Komet is probably their second best option. But, like, that's the list. Like, it and ends, so my point is there. A, a proud, proud group like the Bears, the best case scenario is Everyone Justin Fields healthy. gets through yeah. healthy. Because what is that going to do to his health, shit? Or what is that going to do to his mental? To go through a year and get beat up again like you did last year? Is he going to have the mental fortitude to get through this season and be a guy well, he's gonna have in to. 2023? He's going to have to. I don't know that it's fair to compare like the quotes from Burrow to, to – 
to Fields because look, Burrow was just in a Super Bowl. He didn't. He doesn't have a new head coach. He doesn't have a new OC. He doesn't have all these new things that he's dealing with. Of course, he's locked in in focus. He's bitter because they just lost the Super Bowl. I mean, Justin Fields is dealing with a, a magnitude more of things and a, a team that I'm sure he knows is probably going to be lousy this year. Now, the original question was, which quarterback do I think is going to make the the biggest yes. leap in 2022? I don't think it's going to be Justin Fields because I think this is going to be a big learning curve for him. And again, the bar is I hope he stays healthy. Low, but that's it. Trevor Lawrence. Um, I want to go Trevor Lawrence, but to me, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. Um, I think. Wow. I, I, look, you've not. You haven't really been a Mac Jones. Guy. I haven't been a Mac Jones gal. Um, but I do think the fact that he has experience in winning games uh, in prime time. He didn't win in the playoffs. He looked atrocious in the playoffs. But I wonder if there's that kind of chip on his shoulder, too. This is a guy who played at Alabama is very accustomed to winning. And we talk about some of these quarterbacks that are kind of built like that. And so for me, again, I always believe in Bill Belichick. I don't want to hear the argument about Brady and Belichick. I'm over it. But I believe in Bill Belichick. I think this team is quietly getting really good. And so for me, I think it's going to be Mac Jones that takes the biggest leap. Now, his is going to be the shortest leap to take because of all these quarterbacks. I think he had the best freshman season. But I still think that at the end of the day, we're going to be talking about how great Mac Jones is on this Patriots Keep in mind, roster. the Patriots had that reach in the first round, which which kind of gained Big legs reach. because of how the Los Angeles yep. group reacted to, oh, we thought this guy would be a, a lower lower guy in the draft that we could go get. Sean McVay took some uh, took kind of a, a beating for saying that. Uh, but so you look at that, you look at losing Shaq Mason, uh, and you look at really not a lot of skill position guys no, on offense. No, Stephon Gilmore. I know. I just believe in Belichick, and I think that Mac Jones is already trending in the right direction another year under his belt. Who's your he'll make, coordinator, He'll make better decisions. You Who's know I don't care about that. You well, know I don't care about that. We have to break. Tell me why you don't no, care about that. No, because we have to break. Take as much time as no. break and tell me why ESPN you don't care Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance drivers who switch and save with Progressive. <laughs> save over $700 on average. Next up. Uh, Chris Carlin is going to come join us in about 30 minutes. We'll get to him, but we're going to go back to the hardwood first, talking about the NBA Finals. We've got one more sleep before this whole thing goes to Boston. Who steps up for the Celtics? Who needs to step up? We'll talk about it next. It's ESPN Radio and streaming on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here's Wiggins using a screen to get free. Drives the lane and flushes with a right hand. The message to the guys is... To be confident going home, get your rest, and then let's get ready for to bring it back here. We don't have no choices. It's when to go home. Can I say yo? Way I leave you in. So, just a disclaimer here from the Cornets. First of all, oh. we, we hope Justin Bieber feels better. But we were also hoping to catch him in concert this week. And obviously because of what we just learned about what he's going through, we weren't able to do that. And it was a precarious situation at the Garden this week because we thought maybe there was going to be... Precarious. A, yeah. Precarious is... Precarious is yeah. what I said. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, uh, because we thought we would maybe see a Game 7 on Tuesday night between the Rangers 
and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh. That never happened. Also scheduled for Tuesday night was supposed to be the Justin Bieber concert. Obviously, that's not happening now in wake of this recent news of, of what he's going through. And so now the Garden's just open on Tuesday night, and there's nothing going on. That just makes me think of, too, and we do hope Justin Bieber feels yeah, better. Didn't take that be on the bingo card of shout-outs to Bieber in the show, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, I remember telling – it takes me back to like, like a year and a half ago when I told Hannah Storm on SportsCenter, I was like, this is about to be the summer anthem. Ghost, she and and, and Hannah, having that DJ background so coolly because she's a legend, hit me with, it'll be Ghost. And I was like, Hannah, that's why you're the GOAT. She clapped back so quickly with the song, Had I It the Back Pocket. That. And it wasn't last summer. Now Ghost is the song of this summer. So she was just ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. DJ. Exactly. I mean, she's hanging out with, like, DJ Collin and stuff. Hannah Storm. It shouldn't be low-key. Might be the coolest person at ESPN. Yeah, no, she's got way cooler friends. And, and Show me somebody cooler. I Effortlessly hate, cool. You say Rolodex still, which you shouldn't, but she's a way cooler like contact Rolodex. list in her phone than we do. That's her, what you should say. Her Instagram post, she was like, she knows that. I know. She's kicking it with that person, too. Hannah. We really get up. Meanwhile, Jordan and I are like with our dog at the beach. We're like, happy Saturday. From <laughs> the great a- University of Hannah Storm. Yes, Notre Dame. Let's okay. go. Hang uh, on. We're, we're sitting in a radio studio in Bristol, and you guys are complaining about being on the beach with a dog? I that know, you're right. fantastic. <laughs> you're right. I really thought like such a brat. I looked at her sideways when she said that, I too. I was like, like a brat. damn, we're not enough for you? I didn't mean that. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, <laughs> the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Shay uh, regretting Cornette over here, and then Jordan Cornette also. We're all together. Uh, presented by Progressive Insurance, are we here on ESPN Radio? The NBA Finals are also here on ESPN Radio. You can tune in for Game 6 tomorrow night as the Celtics host the Warriors, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about now. NBA Finals series now shifts to Boston. I haven't said that without stuttering not one time in the last two hours on the show. Stay with it. Stay with it. Um... And Game 6 means a lot of good things for the Warriors. And it also means pressure is now on this Celtics team. It's obviously win or go home. They know that. We heard that in the bump coming in. But what does this mean for the Warriors? Well, Clay Thompson back. Clay Thompson Game 6. What does that mean? Since 2016, Clay Thompson has averaged 28.1 points in Game 6s and has scored 25 or more points in six of his last seven Game 6s. He's good in Game 6. Does it matter on the road in Boston tomorrow night? Because Clay Thompson could be in Game 6 Clay Thompson mode. We know that Steph Curry didn't shoot a 3 at all in their last game. Is this a team that, albeit won by 10 points in Game 5, could be even better in Boston tomorrow night? I I hate cliches, but it applies here. It's a culture game. It's a culture game for the Warriors. And you just rolled your eyes because you don't like cliches. I don't (laughs) typically either, but... This is a – I've used this term so much when I talk about him, but it's accurate. The dynastic group that is the Warriors. Dynastic, yeah. Understanding that you need to be greedy. You can't say, ah, we can maybe steal game six and in the series here. We get to go home if not, and we'll take care of it in game seven. No, you got to come in here. And, and Steph, most importantly, and I do believe that's why I say culture game, because Steph's going to come out here coming at throats. His record of three-pointers, 0 for 9, didn't get one, had to field all those questions – had to defend that he still played a great game because he was locked in defensively. He's still a decoy, even if he's 0 for 9, that allows a guy like Wiggins to go off, allows a guy like Clay Thompson to be a future Hall of Famer because of the attention that Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time commands. That being said, he's going to come out there with his hair on fire. I believe Draymond Green's ability to impact the game offensively and defensively will actually travel here in this game, having some momentum, having seen himself make some plays last game. Their defense, Boston's still going to be turning the ball over no matter where they play that game. 
Those 18 turnovers that converted to 22 points last game for the Warriors, that will present itself too. And Clay simplifying his offense, Shay, not trying to do too much. Being a catch-and-shoot guy. Catch-and-shoot, Clay is right there just behind Steph Curry as one of the greatest shooters of all time. When he simplifies his offense, the Warriors' mindset coming in, they could very well end this thing in Boston. I don't believe it happens, but if it does, culture game, and that could play a role. Jason Tatum needs to be better, too, and he needs to be better at home for the Celtics team to have a chance. He's shooting 36% in the paint so far throughout the finals. That would rank last in a single final since 1997 among 86 players with at least 40 shots attempts in the paint. It's bad. It's bad. And if you're the leader in the face of that franchise, you need to be better. And, Jay, earlier you were talking about the Warriors and and why I didn't think of this earlier is what you said because the Warriors have been there before. There's There's familiarity. Right. They know what it takes. Look, the Celtics are no slouch to the postseason. They just haven't been in this situation before. And you need to lean on your stars in a situation like this. And what do you always say? When a, a, a star, an MV, former MVP. Always bet on a star. Whoever it is, no, but what you normally tell me is when they have a bad game or when things don't go their way, they better turn around the game after that. They usually that. do if they they're a true star. They usually do if they're a true star. And so I would expect the Celtics at home now tomorrow night, two days rest, albeit one travel day to cra- travel across country, will turn it on and will lean on their stars all to have a better game. I know Ime Udoka was saying that they had – dwelled on, for lack of a better term, and I'm paraphrasing here, of like the calls that they were getting or the lack thereof from the refs. And he said, we probably dwelled on it a little bit too much, and that became a focus, and it shouldn't be. So you got to wipe all that clean, start anew, and pretend like it's a one-game series. We, we, we joked about, and we're in here filling in for him, Chris Canty, we joked about how he was coming at Jason Tatum's throat. Yeah. Said maybe we crown him a star too soon. I mean, so, so if, aggressive. if you want to be offended by that, do you believe we see Jason Tatum for the first time It'll be the first time in these NBA Finals put together a masterpiece at home. Yes, you I You think do. he's going to ball out? Because Jalen Brown has been the leader of the pack I, for I the know. Celtics. I know. And I, I understand what all the – yes, I think this is the game where we have a Jason Tatum breakout game. I'm saying it here first. got a break. Next up, back to the golf course and the growing divide between the PGA and the Live Golf Series and what's going on there. We'll talk about it next CSPN Radio and streaming on the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. There are a couple of places in the NFL that are really some intriguing, intriguing scenarios with players who are on the franchise tag or who are looking for a new contract. Number one, just to give you a quick update, within the last few minutes, Ron Rivera said they're not trading uh, Terry McLaurin away, who is uh, not in minicamp right now. But, Chris, there is perhaps an even bigger one with the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's funny, with with all that they did what, a year and a half ago with their issues on the offensive line, and they actually solidified it with their draft last year. Orlando Brown is still not in camp right now on the franchise tag. That is a major, major issue that nobody's talking about. No doubt about it. And you're talking about the skill position core for the Chiefs taking a big hit with Tyreek Hill being traded. So you don't want to have the, the issue of your offensive line being in flux because the foundational piece, which is your left tackle in Orlando Brown, 
is not going to show up to camp on time. So this is something that we've got to watch as we move through the summer months. We've got, what, about a month and a half before teams decide they're going to report to training camp. Usually that happens at the end of July. So this is this is getting down to the wire in terms of being able to hammer out an extension for Orlando Brown, who is one of the best young left tackles in the NFL today. Look, he is uh, somebody that just changes the dynamic. But in an absolutely horrible way, it would change the dynamic for the Kansas City Chiefs, which is why I just cannot imagine a scenario where they don't ultimately get something done here. Yeah, they got to they got to get something done. I mean, it's probably going to be a little more complicated than uh, than others might think it would be because that is a premium position. When you start talking about left tackle, I mean, the, the guys at the top of the left tackle market. There are some big numbers there, Carlin. Yeah. I mean, so that that's what you're looking at. I mean, that that's that's going to be a challenge for them to be able to figure this out uh, in terms of an overall deal. But this is a guy that you traded for, and you knew that when you traded for him, you were going to have to go down this road of paying him. So, to me, if you're Andy Reid and you're Brett Veach from the Chiefs, you got to go ahead and get this done. Now, this is a deal that's probably going to usurp what you're talking about with Trent Williams making $23 million on average annual value. Mm-hmm. David Bakhtiari, mm-hmm. who's right there in that same territory. You're talking about the deal being being more than that because of Orlando Brown's age and more of his prime being in front of him. So, yeah, if you're Kansas City, is it going to make you blush? Sure it is. But this is in part why you traded away Tyreek Hill so you could have money to take care of this guy who is an absolute necessity because if you bought the house in Pat Mahomes for $450 million, <laughs> you might as well get the homeowner's insurance with the left tackle in Orlando Brown. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. It's my job to protect, defend, and celebrate our loyal PGA Tour members, our partners, and our fans. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, this is a day I'll remember for a long, long time. Uh, 21st PGA Tour win, uh, one more than someone else. Um, happy to get it done. Go on. Let's hear it. I sang Bieber. I can't. You know, here's the thing. Candy Girl was one of my low-key favorites back in the day. I forgot the words of Candy Girl. I just oh. know the hook. Candy Girl, you're my world. I don't remember the rest of Candy Girl. Okay. Know the song. Da, yeah, da, da. Does, I mean, remember? I remember it all. I don't remember the words of Candy Girl like right. that. But I love the beat. Okay, I love the beat, too. Uh, because you love the beat, I love the beat, babe. It's Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're not always this nice to each other, but right now I'm feeling a little bit friendly. Shea what does that even mean? Hold up, <laughs> hold up. Hold up, hold up. Identify us. I'm Jordan Cornette. It's my wife, Shay Cornette. <laughs> what do you mean your guests are going to be nice? What does that even mean? I feel like we're not always like, oh, I, I love that you love this. Like, we we 
bicker more than anything See, this, over there. That the first airways. take culture got you feeling like we got a beef or it ain't all good. We're, what's wrong with Yo, that bro, one? we've been on the radio well before we ever did first take, and this has been who we've been the whole time. I know, but what's wrong with being this way? Now you just got all Absolutely like, issue nothing. with nothing. Absolutely nothing. Is she? Well, I can't say what I wanted to. Absolutely nothing's wrong with being this way. I said we're not always like this, but we're. I'm feeling the love right now. Is that is that cool with you? I guess. You I, I guess. I mean, I guess. Okay. Anyways, Shay Cornette and Jordan Cornette filling in for Canty and Carlin. I love that I always have like a, a thing I can say to get get out of the combo. Um, we're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series XM Channel 80, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to give us a call, one eight 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 say ESPN triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Feel free. Um, back to the golf world, Jay. Uh, the U.S. Open is happening this week, and we're going to see. Um, PGA players, can I say? And also tour, players, tour sure. players. And also, obviously, now members of this Live Golf situation come together and play together in this U.S. Open. And it's kind of a weird time for golf because it almost – I don't want to call it this dark cloud because not everyone feels the same about it, but there's definitely controversy surrounding what is going on right now in the golf world. And for more of that, um, we're going to hear from Michael Collins here momentarily, Jay, because I don't know if people have heard the comments – from Rory McIlroy and John Rahm about Liv and what it is doing to the PGA, but they had some very strong comments. Basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, saying that it's not good for the game of golf and they don't think it's right that there are players jumping over to Live Golf, and I think everyone feels a certain kind of way about it. But let's hear Michael Collins, he's our ESPN golf analyst, in his reaction to what Rory and John had to say. It's very easy for the guy who already got a $100 million contract with Nike to then tell other people, hey, why are you just chasing the money? So you're telling all these young dudes, hey, man, you don't need to take the money. Come over here. This is where the competition is. It's all about your legacy. Cool. Legacy is not buying my plane ticket, man. So the last time I checked, I haven't seen Rory making any donations to those young dudes mm. that are out there struggling trying to get on a corn ferry tour. Like, if you want to do that, John Rahm did the same thing. John Rahm's like, hey, man, it's not about the money. It's about the legacy. All right, cool. So you're not taking a paycheck this week. Like, no-cut events don't count. All right, cool. So you're never playing a no-cut event anymore? Okay. All right. Cool. Second FedEx Cup event and the Tour Championship. You ain't playing because they're not real because it's no cut event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it, he's basically defending the situation, right, and what's going on. Because it is does feel a little bit about money, right? Jay, no matter where these guys place in Live Golf, they still make the money. Yeah, but the only issue, and, and Michael's one of my favorite personalities at ESPN, the only issue I take with that is I think John was talking to Phil Mickelson. I think John was talking to – Dustin Johnson. I think John was talking to those guys who've made enough money where they'll never have to work again and the generation after them will never have to work again. So Michael, I think, is dissecting that and distributing that towards the hungry golfer who needs that paycheck. And Michael's absolutely right. But I, at least what I took it as, is John saying, hey, Dustin, you ain't no different than me. We don't have to work anymore. So you don't need, this is excessive greed on your end. Now, no matter who John's talking to, I've always hated people who are in the business of telling what people what uh, telling people what to do in order to paper chase. Like it's easy for me and you to sit here, Shay, and talk about I can't believe they're going to go. I can't believe Phil's taking two hundred million dollars to go do that. He's morally bankrupt for doing that. Throw two hundred million dollars in front of us, and the conversation is a conversation. Yeah, I, I don't agree. have to sit here and tell you what I'm going to do, but I'm also going to tell you that two hundred million dollars. Let's keep it all the way a buck. It's a conversation in our house. 
without question. So I'm not going to sit here and try and act like I'm holier now, nor should anybody else to tell people what to do in their paper chase. That's just me. No, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and nor should we be speaking on anyone else and the decisions they make in their own household for their own well-being it's going money. forward. It's money, and it, again, it has to do with what they decide in their own four walls. However, the bigger question here, Jay, and I'm interested in your opinion because I don't think I've asked you this yet, do you think it's good for golf? I do. I am not a huge golf connoisseur the way you are, obviously. I watch it because my job is to cover sports, and I obviously watch the major events. But do you think this is good for golf? I I, I don't think it's hurting golf quite yet. Where it can go could be potentially dangerous. I mean, what if this messes with the Ryder Cup, which is one of the most celebrated events? Uh, What if the Masters decides to say, hey, these guys can't play in it? If you don't have Dustin Johnson, if you don't have Phil Mickelson, not so much Phil, but a guy like Dustin who's in his prime, problematic. Yeah, I hear you. But it is causing controversy and a lot of eyeballs, and that's a good thing. Next up, Chris Carlin. This is ESPN Radio.